This episode is sponsored by ByHeart. And I feel like I need to preface what I'm going to say with this. I'm a huge advocate of breastfeeding. Anyone who knows me well knows that nursing is something I believe in. And all five of our biological children were breastfed until they were 19 to 23 months old. However, we also have fostered and adopted, and I've been so grateful for formula companies in those situations. I'm also grateful for formula companies because our last two biological children, I really struggled with my supply and did all the things, spent so much time and effort, and just was never able to produce enough for them to be able to gain weight and not be hungry. And so I was so grateful for companies like Byheart. Byheart is an infant nutrition company built from the ground up to deliver real innovation on behalf of babies and parents. Their mission is simple, make the best formula in the world. Using the latest in breast milk science, Byheart created a clinically proven, easy to digest infant formula that's made with organic, grass-fed whole milk, certified clean ingredients, and features a patented protein blend that gets closest to breast milk. They're made with certified clean ingredients. It has no soy, corn syrup, GMOs, or palm oil. Curious about Byheart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com forward slash podcast with code crystal for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. So go to byheart.com forward slash podcast and use crystal to get your welcome offer. Welcome to the Crystal Pain Show, where we help you embrace your life right where you are and give you practical steps to get to where you want to go. Whether you are in your car, folding laundry, cooking, cleaning, or maybe even just enjoying a cup of coffee and a few minutes of quiet, we're so glad you're joining us today. Here's your host, wife, mother of four, foster mom, entrepreneur, and author, Crystal Payne. Welcome to another episode of the Crystal Pain Show. Jesse, I was realizing this morning that I do believe this might be a first. You're giving me a look of like, what is a first? <laughs> I was I'm like, always to- scared whenever you do this. It's like, what's going to come out of her mouth next? <laughs> is that a common occurrence that you're worried about what's going to come out of On the mouth? podcast, it sure is. Um, well, it's called the Crystal Pain Show. I know. So I guess I, I know, get to right? own whatever comes out of my mouth, right? No. I think this is the first time that we have done a podcast in our pajamas. Oh, not my pajamas. Well, that's what you wore to bed. <laughs> it might not be, quote, pajamas, but it's what you wore to bed. I have legit pajamas on. They are my life is good teacup purple pajamas, which if you follow me on Instagram, I'm the money saving mom on Instagram. If you see my morning encouragement I usually always show up in my PJs, and so you know about the purple teacup life is good PJs, but I don't know that we've done a podcast from... I think you're probably right. But it was just one of those things we've learned. We got to fit it in when it works, and so nobody can see me, so I guess I could have just done it in my pajamas and no one would know, but now everybody knows. We had science fair this week for Silas, which... I also believe this was our first science fair where I felt like there was no stress whatsoever. It it went so smoothly. The only difficulty with science fair was finding clothes for him to wear. That was the one thing because he he was supposed to dress professionally. 
And so I said, Silas, I mean, it's been a while since he's gone to a wedding or a funeral or had to really dress up for something. And so I was like, do you have a, you know, a shirt and pants and tie? And he's, he's like, grown a lot since. Then. Yes. And he was like, no, mom, I don't have anything. And I was like, are you sure? Check your, check your closet. And he was like, no, I think you ended up finding a tie that he mm-hmm. could wear, but he didn't have shoes. He, did you have to get a belt? Yes. Okay. So it was like the whole outfit you thought, but you went to store after store and could not find anything. And and then finally he comes home and it was, so it was Friday morning was science fair and Thursday, it was probably 7 PM. You came home after, I think you'd, I mean, you'd gotten his haircut, but I think you'd been out for three or four hours trying to find clothes for him. And and then I said, don't you have those gray khaki pants? You could wear those. And he's like, oh, those are too long. And I'm like, at this point, you know, what he considers too long, I think, because he's constantly, our, our normal. <laughs> he's constantly outgrowing his pants. So I think his perspective of what pants fit and what is, you know, too long is a little bit skewed because so of that. It, his normal reminds me of Urkel. <laughs> but I was like, I don't think those are too long. And so then he put them on. And then in the process of putting them on, he found this dress shirt. It was a little on the small side, but that he forgot that he had. And so he was able, you did have to buy him the shoes and the belt, yeah. but, and then he found a tie, right. That worked. And so I was so thankful because we had a lot of difficulty finding shirts, pants, even belts. I mean, we had to look in the clearance section at Kohl's. And we had to dig and couldn't find anything. And they said they were on back stock waiting for supply for Easter. And same thing with Target. Target had nothing. Maybe this is like the dearth time. Maybe they have stuff for like around Christmas when people would have Christmas photos. And then for Easter, but maybe in between like February is not the time to be shopping for yeah. dress clothes especially i feel like he's kind of at that weird stage too where he's, he's like in between the two sections the yes. main section and the child section but we found something but what i was so thankful for is that what we were looking for and what we would have gotten while we were out had we found it was what we had and we didn't know it so hey, I don't, I mean, I didn't, I don't even know where that dress shirt that he wore came I from. I think he's had it for a long, long time. And maybe I bought it, it when it was very big and he's just yeah. forgot about it until. Well, or he's always looking at it thinking, oh, it's too big. It's too big. Yes. Not realizing, uh, dude, you've grown. <laughs> that happens a lot. Like I'll buy stuff for him and he's always like, it's too big. And I'm like, just try it on. And then usually when he does, sometimes it'll almost be too small for him. But anyway, so we, we had science fair and he did such a great job. He um, did elephant toothpaste and he really did all of it himself mm-hmm. other than figuring out how to clothe himself. <laughs> and um, it was just really cool to see him put so much effort into like, his board, um, mm-hmm. that's not really in his wheelhouse. He doesn't like things that involve creativity and cutting and gluing and all of that, but he did a really good job. Mm-hmm. And so it's just fun to kind of sit on the sidelines and see your child work hard and then get to watch him interact with the judges and explain his experiment and all of that. We have a kind of important update that is what's been saving our lives. And that is for the first time in two years, almost two years, we have been sleeping through the night fairly consistently the last few weeks. So that is because 
Um, I weaned Kirsten. She um, had just been not really interested in weaning. And I kind of always feel like with each of the kids, it's kind of been, you know, as a mom when it's time. And I just hadn't felt like it was time yet. And then all of a sudden one week, Jesse had just came to you and I was like, I think it's time. And so we talked to her about, you're a big girl now and big girls don't nurse. Um, we're going to save the nurse for the baby. And you just kind of really talked to her about that and explained to her. And she really seemed to get it yep. and understand. And, you know, so it was a few days that were a challenge in the sense of that part of her nap time routine and nighttime routine was so like nursing was such a big deal for that. And, and so just to kind of figure out, she's still sort of figuring out a new routine for how she falls asleep, but she's done so well. And she had been waking up most nights, at least twice to nurse. Um, And as soon as we, you know, she, she woke up the first few nights and asked for it. And I was like, no, you're a big girl now. And kind of made a big deal about you, you being a big girl. And then she fell back to sleep, which I thought she might cry for a long time, but no, she fell back to sleep and a few nights of that. And then now she started just sleeping through the night, which is crazy because champ Kirsten, baby D the last two years, um, most of the time having two little ones, um, there was just a lot of waking up in the night happening. And so now baby D and Kirsten are both sleeping through the night pretty consistently. The only thing is I'm still adjusting to sleeping through the night. And now I feel like because I'm getting into this deeper sleep, I'm having a lot more dreams, which usually in pregnancy, I do have a lot of dreams, but crazy dreams. Like a few nights ago, I woke up with a start at 3.30 a.m., like jumped up because I was dreaming that Kirsten was leaning over me in bed, <laughs> throwing up on me. And it was so realistic in my dream. Like I'm dreaming that I'm sleeping and Kirsten is, is standing over me. I mean, how do you dream that you're yeah, sleeping? Because you That's told like, me that last night. So weird thing. Not last night, a couple of days yesterday, I think it was something about Kirsten throwing up in the middle of the night. I'm like, she didn't throw up in the middle of the night. I would have known she threw up in the middle of the night. What's the deal with that? I was like, no, I just dreamed it, but it was so realistic that I jumped up, you know, as any mom would do, because I got to help my child. And then I'm like, oh, Kirsten's asleep. I'm the crazy one. And, but then I couldn't go back to sleep for 45 minutes because my heart was just pounding. Did you smell throw up? That would, that would have been funny. That would have been funny. Yes. But anyway, so there's been multiple kind of crazy things like that where I'm waking up because of a wacko dream that I'm having. Um, You know, it helps when you don't dream. Yeah. You rarely ever have dreams. Um, But especially in pregnancy, I feel like just hormones cause me to have really interesting dreams. And yeah. So one more thing that's saving our life. I feel like that's saving both of our lives. It's just nice to be getting longer stretches of sleep. Um, (laughs) Well, that's relative. What? Considering that I am usually staying up late with the feeding, with the monitor going off and then um, getting up early. You're usually getting at least, I would say you're usually getting at least a good Five hour stretch of sleep most nights. Four and a half, five. Okay. That's at least better than two to three hours. Two to three, yeah. 
But another thing that I've been loving that I've just been saving my life is my father's world preschool. I've been doing it with Kirsten and it might seem like overachieving parents to be starting preschool with her, but she was just wanting to learn all of her numbers and her letters and her colors and her shapes. And she's just going around constantly pointing at things and asking and wanting to learn. And so I looked online and found my father's world preschool was geared for two to three-year-olds. And I looked at the content and I'm like, I think this is really spot on for where she's at. And We've been loving it. And you could totally just make up your own. There are lots of ideas online. I've just found for my personality, having it kind of all pre-written out for me and pre-done for me is very, very helpful. The nice thing about this curriculum is you can do it in 15 to 20 minutes a day, but it's just kind of fun crafts and learning and reading and it all just combines together and she just loves it. And I think it's more about getting into the rhythm and the routine of doing school every day in preparation for we're planning to homeschool her at least for a few years. And so just kind of that and just that quality one-on-one time that we devote every day, just sitting down and just doing something fun. Yesterday we made oobleck, um, which if you haven't done that with your kids, it's so much fun. I told the older kids when they got home from school that we'd made oobleck and they were kind of jealous because they remember and have such fond memories of doing that what is when they were Ublak? younger. It's cornstarch and water mixed together. And then we just added food coloring and it makes this very interesting consistency of it will be, it's like a liquid and then it hardens, but then it goes back to liquid. You probably would remember it if okay. I, if I showed it to you, but it's really fun to play with and you can like kind of draw on it. And then it, it's just, it's hard to describe but there's a recipe for it on moneysavingmom.com and we can link to that in the show notes. Um, it's just a fun thing to do with your kids. Um, so I've just enjoyed getting to do those fun things with her and she's just eating it up. So again, that's my father's world preschool. Jesse, we've been getting a lot of kind feedback, a lot of emails that people have been sending in in response to the podcast. And we love hearing from you all. If you ever have any thoughts, any constructive criticism, just anything you want to add to our discussions, we love hearing from you. You can send an email to crystal at moneysavingmom.com. I wanted to read two today. Jesse, I thought you would enjoy this one. This one was from Karen. She said, hello, Crystal and Jesse. I've listened to you for about five years now, maybe even longer. I've wanted to send you both a note for the longest time, but of course life gets busy and I rarely communicate online with people I've never met. I just finished the podcast episode about showing up and thought it was time to just tell you how much you have brightened my life. Not in a cheesy way, but a simple, consistent dose of goodness. I appreciate how you try to be a bit better at this thing we call life while making plenty of mistakes as we all do along the way. In your podcast, I feel like you're trying to share something worthwhile and not simply talking just to have a one-way conversation, which some podcasts kind of feel like. There's a subtle difference and it comes through that you are there for the listener, which is a nice breath of fresh air. I love how Jesse is in the show now. He reminds me of my husband with his dad humor. It is good to get his perspective. I also greatly appreciate that you try to respect the time limit of a listener. Half an hour is perfect. Just wanted to send this note of appreciation because you never really know who is listening and how much they might love your show. All the best, Karen. Thank you so much, Karen. And I especially love the part about your dad humor. (laughs) You know, it just brings something to the podcast that I can never bring myself. Very true. You don't have a, a pun to come back with that? And then this one was 
from Jamie. She said, this was in response to last week, I was talking about the Jesus Storybook Bible. And she said, we love the Minnow Laugh and Grow Bible for kids. It weaves the gospel and God's rescue plan through the entire story from the very beginning. It goes beyond the big Bible characters into topics like sin, holiness, obedience, faith, trust, and hope. Each story concludes with two discussion questions, a fun fact or something to remember, and a simple prayer. The stories are fun and engaging, and it's and the way it's written encourages my three-year-old to ask some great questions. She also said, I really appreciated hearing your thoughts on prayer. Prayer isn't about manipulating or changing my circumstances or other people. It's about changing my heart and building a relationship with Christ. Thank you for reminding me of how far off track I've gotten in this. It's definitely an area I need to work on. So thanks for that recommendation and that encouragement, Jamie. And I actually ordered that book off of Amazon and I'll check it out. And if we end up loving it, I'll be sure to talk about it in a future episode on the podcast. You know, uh, one thing I was thinking about with, with Karen's email, did I appreciate, um, and that is your realness. And, you know, we're all going through life together and we all need to realize we make mistakes. And when we can, it's not just owning up to mistakes, but also just, just recognize it and saying, hey, I'm coming alongside you. I've done this as well. Let's just realize it and see what, what can we do to do better? And instead of putting on a front and saying, yeah, life is rosy and everything's perfect when you know it's not. So there are no perfect families, no perfect parents and no perfect children. And I just our hope is with the podcast you know, this is just a conversation. We don't script it all out. We have, I usually just have a few things jotted down and we kind of see where it goes. And it's just like inviting you into our living room to sit and chat and have a conversation with us. That's why we love hearing your feedback and it helps us to know what is resonating and what you're enjoying and how we can do better and how we can serve you all better. This episode is brought to you by Twigby. Twigby is a company dedicated to providing fantastic phone service at, here's my favorite part, great prices. They're perfect if you are looking for something that is more affordable, if you are wanting to save on your cell phone bill and you're like, I don't even know how to start. I feel like it's so expensive. You definitely need to go to twigby.net forward slash crystal. That's twigby.net forward slash crystal. When you go there, not only will you get a great deal, they are offering to my audience, you're going to get 50% off your first six months. Plus, if you use coupon code family at checkout, you're going to get an additional discount. You're going to get a $15 account credit once you place your order. So go to twigby.net forward slash crystal, and you can see right on their site exactly what you're going to pay. They're super upfront about all their costs. They say that a family of four averages the savings of $70 a month. On their website, you can check out their savings calculator to see exactly what you would save with what you currently have. And the best part about it is that there is no contract and no hidden fees. So if you want to cancel at any time, you can. You're not locked in to a long-term rate. So 
Go to twigby.net forward slash crystal, see how much you can save. And don't forget, if you decide that you want to switch your cell phone plan over to Twigby, use coupon code FAMILY at checkout, and you're going to get a $15 additional credit in addition to getting 50% off your first six months. That's twigby.net forward slash crystal. I realized I didn't introduce what we were going to be talking about as our main theme today because I had so many other things that I wanted to share. <laughs> I may offended. I may have offended someone offended. by 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 doing that, by Honey, going, I- you know, not following what I usually follow and the pattern that we usually share for the podcast. I think you need to ask for forgiveness. Well, today's topic is inspired by Brant Hansen. And his book, Unoffendable, How Just One Change Can Make All of Life Better. I didn't talk about a book that I was reading because I knew that I was going to be sharing about this book. This was the book that I wanted to talk about, but I had so much that I wanted to say that I realized we need to make it the topic of the episode. In this day and age, I feel like we are almost wired to be offended. Mm -hmm. I feel like social media, I mean, if you study what some of these large social media companies, like they're, I mean, this is terrible, but it's like, if you really dig into what their practices are, like Mm -hmm. what they show people, they show people things that are going to invoke a response and typically a response of passion, which would be anger or you know, really strong opinions and feelings because they know that if they show those types of posts, you'll get more engagement. They're going to get more people to engage with their social media Mm -hmm. app. And so they are specifically, and it's been documented. Well, and what happens when they get more engagement and get more money? Yes. And so I think it's like, it just wires us all Mm -hmm. to live our life fired up and almost looking to be offended at something Mm -hmm. like looking for the one thing that we can find offense in. I think of that meme. I can't say it perfectly, but you know, it's like, I'm talking about, um, oranges are good. I love oranges. They're just so juicy and ripe. And someone comes along and they're like, I'm allergic to oranges. Stop talking about oranges, you know? And it's like, I feel like, on the internet, I've seen this years and years of being on the internet of it's like, you cannot say anything without offending someone. Just two weeks ago, I did this reel that was about setting your timer for 15 minutes and how much you could get done with that focused intensity. And I had showed a video that I did a time lapse of me setting the timer for 15 minutes and cleaning up the kitchen. And the crazy thing was, is that the most response I got from that video when I shared it in my Instagram stories was people saying, Crystal, why are you rinsing your dishes before you're putting them in the dishwasher? And I was like, doesn't everyone rinse their dishes before they put them in the dishwasher? Well, come to find out when I shared that as an actual post, I point blank ask about, do you rinse your dishes before putting them in the dishwasher? The crazy thing I learned is that 
There are extremely strong opinions on whether you should rinse or not rinse your dishes before putting them in the dishwasher. I had no idea that I was unintentionally kind of stepping into this huge internet debate by asking a simple question. Who knew? And most people were really kind and they were just trying to educate me on different reasons why you shouldn't rinse your dishes and why it's bad for your dishwasher and why your dishes will get more clean if you don't rinse them and all the things. But some people had some really strong opinions and almost got like upset because I do rinse the dishes and that I'm wasting my time. And, and it was just so interesting to me because I thought, who knew? Like, who knew? And I feel like there's so much that we can learn from other people on the internet, but it's so easy for a little thing to turn into a really big thing and for people to have such strong opinions on it and to share them very freely. Now, on that one, I mean, it was a great discussion and I opened up the door for it, but there's been many other times where, you know, I think I've just... A few days before that, I had posted something and this one particular person was very, very vitriolic and kept leaving comments, kept leaving comments, just accusing me of all these things. And, you know, it was just interesting because I thought I was just putting something out there in order to help people and it just triggered something. And I think, you know, we all have our baggage that we carry around. We all have words that trigger things for us from our past. We all have wounds. We all have different life experiences. And I think approaching life, recognizing that everyone is the walking wounded gives me a lot more grace for people. Because I think it's easy to get offended when someone gets offended. Mm -hmm. Like we will be hurt or upset by the fact like, how could you be so, you know, ugly or how could you be offended by that? There's no reason to be offended by that, but to recognize there, there's probably something much deeper there. But Brand Hansen's book, um, he has this quote. It's just, it's such a good book. I think every Christian should read this book, but this quote in particular, I thought being offended is a tiring business. Letting things go gives you energy. And his whole point so far, I'm only halfway through the book and I'm already talking about it because it's so good. We get to choose our response. We can't choose how other people respond to us. We can always choose our response to them. Mm -hmm. So we can choose whether we're going to let something roll off our back or whether we're going to feel like we need to attack. And this is something that I've really been challenging myself with because every day I get lots of messages from lots of people, usually somewhere in the vicinity of 300 to 500 messages from people. And in that you know number of messages, of course, there are going to be some people who are going to be disagreeing with me or not liking what I shared or criticizing or just being upset about something. And I keep thinking of how am I processing their words? When I get a message from someone that's sharply critical, I get to choose how I respond. And I get to choose whether I feel like I need to go on the defense and I need to 
really explain myself and kind of almost be passive aggressive or put them down or something, or I get to choose to just say, I'm going to pray for them and I'm going to respond in love and kindness. And sometimes I think it's okay to not respond at all. Like if I get an email or a message that's just littered with F-bombs and things like that, I pretty much always just delete it because I don't feel like it's probably someone who really wants to have a dialogue. Um, But I always try to pray for them. But this book has just challenged me. He says on the back, we're not entitled to our anger, really? Is taking offense normal? Aren't we supposed to get offended? Isn't anger at sin justifiable? If God gets mad, why can't we? Brant Hansen asks a radically freeing question. What if Christians were the most unoffendable people on the planet? And he offers a life-changing idea. Quote, righteous anger is a myth. And giving up our, quote, right to be offended could be one of the most healthy, simplifying, relaxing, refreshing, stress-relieving, and encouraging things we can do. Drop your anger and self-centeredness yields to humility. Let things go and energy replaces weariness. Embrace forgiveness and you'll be able to love others in risky, unexpected ways. Choose to be unoffendable and you'll flourish the way God intends you to. Now, I really had to kind of sit with this whole, like, anger, you know, is righteous anger justifiable? We're not entitled to anger, all of that. Because I do feel like it is okay to acknowledge that feeling of anger. Like, if something upsets us, acknowledging that feeling, Mm -hmm. you know, to say, I'm angry about this, instead of trying to stuff it down or pretend that we're not or telling ourselves, no, I can't be angry, so I'm just going to not even acknowledge it. It's okay to acknowledge it. It's what we do with it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, to say, that is really frustrating to me. Okay, how do I respond? And I think we would all do well. I know for me, before we react, stop. Take a breath. And really ask God to help us love others well. Ask Him to have His love flow through us to everyone in our life, but especially if it's a situation where someone is upset about something or we are upset about something that they've done. We're taking up an offense. And instead of trying to justify our reasoning for that, to really ask God, to help us love this person well. And I think that really changes our posture toward the situation instead of just being like, well, I have a right to be angry about this because of X, Y, and Z. It's how do I love this person well in this situation? What does this look like? What are your thoughts on this? Well, this is the first I've I've heard of it because what you had read, and I was just thinking, okay, so what is the difference with the anger that he's talking about versus you know just the feeling of anger? And I think you you nailed it. And it's the it's how our response is to that emotional uh, wrangling inside, because you know, and then you use the word frustration. I was like, how many people actually equate frustration with anger? But really, it is the kind of a, the same wrangling emotion when you look at different feelings 
And so then I was thinking, well, what about righteous anger? Why, why wouldn't we, that be an invalid response? And when we think of righteous anger, what do we think of? You know, we, that you know, Jesus had righteous anger. Well, Jesus was perfect. And how often do we use the term righteous anger as a justification for why we feel the way we do about something? We couch it in the terms of righteous anger when in reality it's not built on that foundation of holiness. Well, maybe also like it, it allows us to justify responding in a way that is not loving and kind allows us to almost hold on to something inside. And I just love how he talks about the freedom that we experience when we choose to not be offended and how much energy we have for other things. If we think about how much time we can spend turning something over and over and over and over Mm -hmm. in our head, I think of when I get an email from someone or a comment from someone that kind of just gets under my skin and I can let it just go over and over and over in my head. And I think of all these responses and, and that's just taking up time and energy that I could be spending so much more productively and positively in other ways. Mm-hmm. And so to choose to not be offended allows us the freedom to just let it go. There's a concept that I'm trying to think of it. It's just backing away from an issue when you're going to have an immediate emotional response to it, stepping back and kind of detaching yourself from the situation and then thinking about it more um, logically than emotionally. And that's almost what you have to do. If you feel that response coming on, you have to detach from it. Say, Oh, wait a minute. I feel that coming on. Okay. What do I need to do? And then make a a specific decision in how you would respond to that instead of a knee-jerk emotional response. And that would lead to that posture of being unoffendable. So I think it's, you know, really digging into when we feel I've been trying to pay attention to when I feel stress rising, when I feel mm-hmm. frustration rising when I feel anger, whatever we want to call it, where it's that kind of unsettling. Yes. Where you're just, you're feeling in your gut something that feels icky or like you're going to react. Like it's kind of like the rumblings of the volcano. (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. when you feel that inside of you to stop, to use that as like a red flag warning sign, stop. Where's this coming from? What's this rooted in? And then asking God to help you in that, whether it's, you know, directed toward a specific person, whether it could even be directed toward yourself and asking God to give you love. If it's towards yourself or you're upset and angry at yourself to remind yourself of the truth of who you are in Christ and what he says about you and to speak truth to yourself, if it's directed towards someone else, to speak truth to that situation of, I can't control their response, but I can choose 
my response and I can choose to love them. Lord, help me to love them. And when I'm praying that I can love someone else, it changes the way that I view them. And I start proactively looking for ways to love them well. And it gives me more compassion and empathy towards them. I There's so much more that I could say on this. I just would encourage everyone to go get a copy of this book by Brant Hansen, Unoffendable, How Just One Change Can Make All of Life Better. You might not agree with everything. You might be offended by parts of the book, but I, I pretty much guarantee that it will make you think. It will make you examine your responses and maybe some things that you have for years assumed was the right way or the only way to interact with other people. It's just really challenged and convicted me. And I want to close by reading. This is from page 77. He says, Refusing to be offended by others is a powerful door opener to actual relationships. I don't expect people who aren't believers to act like followers of Jesus. Why should they? How about I give up the sanctimonious act and just love them without thinking I need to change their moral behavior? Why not leave that to God? He's still changing my own behavior after all. Again, it's simple humility. I know God wants my heart and wants their hearts. He wants us to turn away from ourselves and turn to Him. He can handle the refs. He loves them even more than I do. Just this quote, refusing to be offended by others is a powerful door opener to actual relationships. And I think about, we talked in an earlier podcast about intentional proximity and showing up. And the more that we choose to just love others and love them like Jesus would and not be offended, not look for things to be offended by, just show up and love well. I think the more that we're going to build community that's deep in our everyday life and the more that we're going to just be able to freely and wholeheartedly love people well. Thank you for joining us today. For more great resources, please visit crystalpain.com. 